Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Welcome to another episode of the Savor Podcast. We are in our summer series, and we are in episode two on the book of Amos. We're going to be doing four episodes on the book of Amos. I know you ladies are so excited, almost as excited as my friend Suzanne was about our tag game out at the beach. So Suzanne, how did the game of tag go? It went really well. No one tagged me. Really? No one tagged you, Suzanne? No one tagged me. How is it that no one tagged you, Suzanne? I'm elusive. I was very elusive. Oh, she was more elusive than that white leopard in Walter Mitty. Have you ever seen that movie? No. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I don't... I feel like I did see that. Yeah, and the elusive snow leopard, that the whole movie, they're trying to get a picture of the... Anyway, I digress. I don't even know if I saw that. I'll have to look it up now. Yes. I'm just going to start calling you Snow Leopard. Snow Leopard. Okay. You guys, in her defense, this year, <laughs> as we took our beach trip, and we've mentioned in a previous episode, we do this really fun, epic game of tag on the beach. But this year, for some reason in Charleston, it was 58 degrees and raining when we did our epic tag game. I wish we had taken pictures because I literally had on like long pants, a hoodie that was covering my entire face as we were running around on the beach. Yeah, and I had put on at first like a comforter from one of the like extra <laughs> yes. beds. And and everyone was like, you're not going to be able to run like that. And, you're, and I was like, you're probably right. I can't run very well without a comforter wrapped around me. So I should probably take this off. I did go out there and I did run for a little while and then it started raining a little bit harder and I was freezing and I was like, I'm out. But I didn't tell anybody I was out and I just came on up the stairs and snuck in the house and sat inside. Yes. And so after a while, I was dying, lungs burning, out of breath. So I decided to sneak upstairs for a second and I walk in and Jeremy and Suzanne are sitting on the couch, just happy as can be. It was very warm in there. Yes, but it was a great night. And I will say, in my friend's defense, she may not have run around on the beach, but she cleaned the entire kitchen while I was out running around on the beach. Yeah, so there's that. I mean, I, I did take one for the team still. You did, and I appreciate it. We both know what our gifting is. And, and mine our... is not running around in the cold, wet at night on the beach. I... I could have really just stopped after I said mine is not running. It was it was a fun night, though. It was another epic year of nighttime tag. I'm just hoping it's a lot warmer next year. Oh, I know. It's been unseasonably cool for June, May and June here, yeah, which I'm, I'm thankful for. Not me. I know. Not you. Not me. I mean, I bet the Lord's like, oh, my goodness, because one day I'm like, please, God, make it hotter. And everybody else is probably like, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful weather. I know. That's me. I'm like, this is so nice. Such a nice treat. Stacey's like, give me fire. 
Yes. Speaking of giving me fire, we are going to be in Amos chapters one through three today. And uh, as you remember from our last episode, when we introduced Amos, it doesn't sound very pleasant. So the first three chapters are not sounding overwhelmingly pleasant, especially chapters one and two, because over and over again, Amos is giving a prophecy to uh, northern Israel. He's from southern Israel, and he's gone, or Judah, and he's gone up to the northern kingdom of Israel where Jeroboam II is reigning as king, and he's been telling them, hey, you know, the Lord's going to punish this nation, and he's going to punish this nation, and he's going to punish this nation. And he says, if you look in Amos chapter 1 when you're reading it over and over again, he talks about how the Lord's going to send fire um, to burn down their walls or to burn down their citadels. And so I think it's really interesting when we're looking at that, the location of the different cities. Mm-hmm. Didn't you find that really interesting? Yes, I did. And you can actually just Google a, a map, like if you want to see it, it's kind of cool. I just Googled, um, what did I Google? I Googled a map of Israel during Amos's reign. I mean, Amos's time. There you go. And it, and it pulled right up. Yeah, and we can include a map in the show notes. We'll include a link to a map in the show notes. So um, part of your homework can be, as you're reading Amos chapters 1 through 3, when it's talking about the different areas and the different places, find them on the map and connect them with a line, and you'll see what happens is, basically, if God does what he says, and because of their three transgressions and therefore we'll get into in just a minute he's going to send fire down well what happens is the city of jerusalem is in the center and that's kind of the epicenter and around that there would be a ring of fire burning all the way around and jerusalem would be in the center of that and i think that's interesting what's it make you think of when you hear a ring of fire a ring of fire i love it (laughs) She wants me to Johnny, sing with him, Johnny Cash. Johnny yeah. Cash's Ring of Fire song. Yeah. I mean, when we were preparing for this, I was like, we got to talk about Johnny Cash's A Ring of Fire. Yeah. And what did you find out about Johnny Cash's song? So we were like, well, uh, we wanted to know some of the lyrics because that's all we knew. A Ring of Fire. A Burning Ring of Fire. And um, so we looked it up and I was like, well, we should probably know what the song's about because sometimes I'll think a song is about like... I don't know, a girlfriend um, in love with a boy, and it's about, like, something horrible, sexual misconduct. I don't know. I never... (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, I better look up what this means. And it actually... June wrote this song with Merle when she first started dating Johnny Cash, and so it really is about falling in love and the transformative power of love is what it said. Yes, and I love that. That's what it's about. And when we can tie Johnny Cash to the book of Amos, I think that's a win, ladies. I mean, we should make a t-shirt, Johnny Cash and Jesus. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Um, But I do find it really interesting that the Lord is talking, you know, to Amos and telling Amos, hey, tell them, I'm going to send a fire to do this. And it would have been a ring of fire surrounding Jerusalem because the reality is God in Zechariah 2, God tells them, I will be a wall of fire, a protection for you. And so even in 
God's prophecy spoken through Amos declaring that because of the transgression, because of the sin of these other nations, there's going to be this fire that burns, that it's just such a, a reminder to me that God knows way better than I do. He knows best. God is always right. I am not. And even in that, he will be a protection for me. Um, and I just thought that was a really interesting concept that stood out to me when I was reading Amos, um, the first few chapters. Absolutely. And I, I think that when you start to read Amos 1 and go into 2 and 3, remembering that this is a prophetic book, but it's also the way he writes is very poetic um, in, in nature. And so you'll see the repetitive statement for three sins of Damascus or even four. And so you'll see that over and over. Um, and, and at first I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Like, what are their three sins? What are their four sins? And um, they do go on to tell you what their sins are. But I mean, it's just a way that they're communicating, that he's communicating. There's a lot of sin, yes. right? Just this idea of abundant sin. Yes. So it's not literally like three or four different things. It's just this idea to communicate abundance of something. Yes. Not goodness. That's right. Right. And I think that is so interesting because you don't see him naming three sins or four sins. And again, keep in mind when you're reading this book, it is a book of prophecy. And we'll see um, later near chapters seven through nine, he actually is given a vision from the Lord. And so it's not necessarily always literal. I think the Lord is warning them and saying to them, hey, here's your warning. I'm going to punish you, and this is the reason. So what were some of those main themes of sin that we see coming out in the book of Amos? I think last time we talked a little bit about the idea that Israel at the time, the country of Israel, was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom that is also known as Israel and the southern kingdom that is known as Judah. Um, but what were some of the sins? Everything was really, there was ec economic prosperity going on and everything was going well. But so what were some of the sins that we saw standing out in northern Israel at the time? I think the, the idea that we see repeated here is an idea of um, exploitation um, of vulnerable people, yeah. right? So we, we see them talking about selling people for money, selling, I don't even remember their things, um, lots of different things about being cruel to the vulnerable. And I do think it's important to recognize that the king, under king, this is Jeroboam II, there was a time of prosperity. This was a time of prosperity because I think this king, if you go back and read again what Stacy had us read last time in Second Kings 14, it talks about King Jeroboam II. He did evil in the ways of the Lord, but he was also very um, a very like prominent political figure. He was very good at military stuff. Well, yes. I don't even know what you call that, militaryness. Strategy, maybe. There you go. Yeah. Um, but very strong in, in those kinds of things. But they were um, very morally uh, corrupt and bankrupt. So it is a lot of exploitation of the poor, of the vulnerable, and things like that over and over that we, that we see. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads us to another theme um, that we saw emerge in this. So they were taking advantage of the poor. They were not acting justly to those around them. And um, 
they were allowing compromise in their life. And in Jennifer Rothschild's study on the book of Amos, she talks about that a little bit. And she talks about how compromise can lead to complacency and complacency can lead to confusion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what we're seeing there, that they were making some compromises that led them to have complacent hearts and complacent attitudes. And then it even led to confusion. And we'll get into that when we get into our savor moment a little bit in Amos 3. Uh, But I was thinking about in my own personal life, how do I see that play out? And it's something the Lord has been speaking to me personally lately is calling out areas of compromise in my life and not specifically areas of sin. So yes, sin, but even more than that, where am I compromising my time? So if I get up in the morning and I'm like, God, today I want to serve you. Show me how I can serve you. And by 1130, I'm looking at the new E. Newton bracelets that are out that I'm obsessed with and I just love looking at. There's nothing wrong with me going and looking at these new bracelets and checking them out. But am I compromising my time from where I want to be to where I am? And is that leading to complacency? And down the road, can that lead to some confusion in decisions that I need to make and being able to see clearly. Right, which leads to sin a lot of the time. Um, I think in, um, we talked about in uh, Amos 3.10, it says, they do not know how to do right, declares the Lord. And that, I think, is just um, such an eye-opening thing to say because our sin or our compromise, it does kind of blind us we get blinded and in our compromise, just like you said, in our compromise that blinds us and then we become complacent, which makes it even harder to see. And then the confusion and it's just like, yeah, we don't even know what's right anymore. I think if that's not a sentence that speaks to the culture in which we live right now, there is so much confusion. Yes. And I think a lot of it starts from compromises Mm -hmm. that we've made. Like I'm just going to you know, make this one little shift and then I'm going to become complacent. I think it's in Amos 7 and again in Isaiah. Actually, in Isaiah, it talks about you complacent women who are at ease. Anytime the word woman is specifically written in scripture, it kind of perks my ears because I am a woman and Mm -hmm. I pay attention to that. And um, the idea of being complacent and at ease. And I think sometimes in my own personal life, I am complacent. And I think that this is a time where God is calling us out of complacency. And so I don't know where this is hitting you today. I don't know what situation you're in. But if there seems to be peace in your home, it is not a time to just be complacent and take your foot off the gas. If you don't have major relational strife in your home right now, then you need to be advancing forward with the kingdom of God and actively pursuing taking new ground and fervently praying for your family instead of reclining into complacency. Because I think a lot of times, you know, I'll just be honest, in my own personal life, right now, my daughter's doing great. She's away at college and things are pretty smooth for her. My son, he's pretty easy. Things are pretty smooth for him. So as a parent, I can become complacent in my relationship with them because there isn't a major 
thing that's going on in their life that I'm desperate for the Lord to intervene on. And so as I was reading this and thinking about it, I was like, oh yeah, no, this isn't it. I should never be complacent. I should always be active in fervent prayer and seeking the Lord and inviting the Holy Spirit to fill me with his power and authority to help, you know, encourage my children in relationships and everything. Yeah, I, I think that's such a good point. And I think that's exactly what we see happen. Not that Amos was complacent, but if we even think of another C word, like just live in your comfy life, right? Like, I mean, Amos was, we'll find out exactly who he was. I think it's in seven. Could be wrong. Yeah, it is in seven. Um, but just saying that he's a shepherd and we talked about how he was a fig farmer yeah. and, you know, just living his life, doing his thing. And God plucks him right out of that and says, go speak this very difficult prophecy where they are morally and spiritually corrupt in the northern kingdom and you're like what like I would be like what yeah you know but um to me complacency too is just like what you're saying you're sitting where it's real easy sometimes Mm -hmm. um and everything's just real comfy um and I think about in my own life like even where do I make compromises compromises in my own life so that I can be comfy Oh, yeah. Right? Um, and so what is what am I doing that's uncomfortable that is also speaking life and speaking hope and speaking the message, maybe not the exact message that Amos brought, but honestly, it could be, right? Yeah. I feel like every generation has been able to have these same kinds of things. And, yeah. and the thing about, you know, we the last episode we did, I was re-listening to it just to see, like, what we had already, if we talked about Amos in that one. And that was the Bible one where we talked about that. But, I mean, these things came true. Yeah. Like, these aren't just things that he's saying. And we're going to get all that. And I may be, you know, jumping ahead a little bit. But the things that he's saying are going to happen if you don't get out of your complacency, if you don't get out of your apathy, if you don't get out of your idolatry, if you don't get out of your immorality. This is what's going to happen. And one of the things that I took away from these first few chapters is, you know, it's hard when we see all the injustice going on and we do feel like sometimes where's God in this, but God is doing something bigger than we know and it's going to be worked out in his time. And the things that Amos prophesied, it was like 40 years later before the Assyrians came and took over, mm-hmm. right, Israel. Yeah. So, I mean, think about the injustice you see and thank God's not there. It took 40 years, Yeah. but the justice that came it was perfectly just because God is perfectly just. So it's sometimes it's that. That was a reminder to me that when it feels like God's not bringing justice, it will come. Yes. In his time. Yes. I love that too. And as you were talking about that, a couple of things kind of pinged in my mind. But when you're talking about he is a perfectly just God. I just think that's such a beautiful picture. And I go back to Psalm 34, you know, Psalm 34, eight is our tagline, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it talks about he will be refuge for those who seek him. So the Lord is our refuge when we seek him. That's what that, that whole passage is talking about. And I love that analogy because it it reminds us if the Lord has to be our refuge, it must mean there's something that we're trying to seek refuge from, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that he is that. And I was actually listening to the Bible Project recently. They've just released a seven series, a seven episode series on cities. We'll include a link in our notes because it's 
really interesting. So the idea of cities in Scripture, and it ties into what we're reading in Amos because he's talking to specific cities like Tyree and Gaza and Damascus. And when you're looking at it and reading it, you're going to be drawing your circle on your map, and you'll see where those cities are. But the idea of a city was God had, he wants to build a city for his people, but we jumped the gun and we started building cities. And the Bible Project does a great job of talking about how cities usually are bad things. Uh, but he also, they also reference the cities of refuge in Numbers. God created cities of refuge. He told the people, create these cities of refuge for people who have committed um, murder but didn't mean to like mm-hmm. it's this whole thing in numbers and they could go into these cities of refuge and they were protected and then we tie that into psalm 34 8 that says taste and see that the lord is good and he will be refuge to those who seek him and so in the idea of god's justice we may not see it happening but he is a god who is perfectly just and i just think that's a a really beautiful picture there and then the other thing that really stood out to me when you were talking is um, kind of our like our comfort zone and our comfy place. And I've told you guys a thousand times, comfort and pleasure ensnare me every time. And so in my personal quiet time in the last week or so, the Lord has said, are you willing to leave your comfort? Are you willing to leave your comfort, Stacy? Are you willing to leave your comfort? And I'm like, Okay, okay. And then today I was reading in Acts chapter 9, and it talks about how the church grew in peace and multiplied in number when they were going on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And as I read it, the Lord was just like, yeah, I need you to leave your comfort and allow the Holy Spirit to be your comfort. And that is a radically different mind shift for me today as I've been processing that. So you're hearing me process like live. Um, well, and just, um, I hate to be that person, but like not that you're ready to share all the things that are coming for Savor because we don't really know what those are, but we know that God's saying go. Yes. And trying to figure out what that is and knowing as you're trying to discern that wisdom from God that God is reminding you it might be uncomfortable, yes. but you're still called to it. Yes. And think about that just takes me back to Avis. I mean, I just want to stay over here in my little field and yeah. pick my figs and make some fig jam. And you want to send me to where these, this extremely strong military corrupt king is and prophesy these horrible things are going to come on them? Yeah. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound very comfy. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But... We see Amos doing it and doing it in the strength of the Lord, not in Amos's strength. And I mm-hmm. think that's, for me personally, I think that what is what the Lord is challenging me. Not that I am, I, I mean, I'm just living a comfortable life right now. And I don't mean that in like a, an essence of I'm just doing what I want to do. No, I feel like I'm putting my hand to the plow and I'm doing the work of the Lord. But it's also stuff that's comfortable to me. And I think there's a challenge God is putting before me, hey, I want to see you step into places where you have to have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Because mm. that verse in Acts 9 that really kind of jumped off the page was Acts 9 starts talking about the Apostle Paul, his conversion when he was Saul and he gets 
um, blinded on the road to Damascus mm-hmm. and how then the Hellenistic Jews plotted to kill him and they had to sneak him out of a and drop him down in a basket and get him over to Caesarea Maritime to send him back to his hometown. And then as soon as it did that, it jumps into this verse that says, and so the church was experiencing peace and they were going on in the fear of the Lord and comforted by the Holy Spirit and multiplying in number. That's not what was happening for the Apostle Paul. But if you jump back, it talks about how the Apostle Paul was being strengthened in the Mm. Lord, even though there was a lot of persecution going on around them. And for me personally, when I think about Amos and I think about the challenge that it was for him to leave his place Mm. um, in the southern kingdom and go up north to this group of people and to say these things to him, he really had to rely on the Lord. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love to in um, three Amos three eight when he actually says, "The lion has roared; who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can, who can but prophesy? Like, how can I not? Right? How, how can I not? And I think that's where." I've been, I'm going to process out loud now in real time with you. Like, I feel like I've been struggling a little bit. Um, I, I got on TikTok this year on, and really to try to promote Savor some and get people on board to listen to all of this wisdom that we just offer here. <laughs> so that's why you must like and subscribe so that she doesn't have to keep doing TikTok. No, no, no literally kidding. before this started, we were like, God, we don't feel as prepared. Just come and do your thing, Lord, because that's that's exactly what happens every time we sit down here. But one of the things why I try to stay on some social media, because I like to hear what the culture narrative is out there around um, the Bible. And, and it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think sometimes I feel like I want to be quiet on, on cultural issues because I don't want, I want everybody to listen to what God has to say about love and grace and all of that. And my hard part is to call out the lie sometimes out there because it feels scary and like people are going to oppose you and come against you. But literally all Amos says to his opposition, the sovereign Lord has spoken and who can but prophesy? I don't need to defend God. That's right. It's like I have I, I am led to this because of God who God is. Yeah. So that really spoke to me in that and maybe I'll get braver one day. Well, I think you're doing a good <laughs> job. But we are gonna fight against the idea of um, compromise and complacency. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, that's us stepping into recording this podcast. Yeah, you for know, sure. because it is outside of my comfort zone a little bit to I mean, for goodness sakes, you guys, we talked about our black chin hair and someone I'm not going to name them but someone has commented to me about it and I'm like you're not allowed to talk to me about that because it's so embarrassing they already okay. said something to you we don't we hasn't it hasn't even released yet has it yes oh it did yeah it released oh. last week the chin hair one? Oh gosh oh yeah that's right I get them all confused it all goes by so fast I'm <laughs> so busy plucking my chin hair I can't keep up <laughs> Yes, me too. But but it really, it's, it is one of those things just in general to have to trust the Lord. And I love, I love the sovereign Lord has spoken. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what can we do but say what he is telling us to say and what he's clearly communicated in his word. And when we get into next week, when we get into uh, chapter four. Yes. I really love chapter four. 
And you probably did too, because he is really talking to the ladies for the first part of it, right? Oh, yes. Chapter four. You got to come back for that. You are not going to want to miss it. Brew you a strong cup of coffee, but just don't ask your husband to bring it to you. (laughs) It's a little teaser for next week's episode. So that will lead us into our saver moment for today. So Suzanne, what's our homework for our saver moment? Um, So I think just if you have not read the beginning of Amos, read chapters one through three. Um, The next, we're going to kind of go three chapters at a time and we'll be done with this in three episodes, including this one, I think. Um, So, but I was thinking about this and I I was kind of thinking about how the idea of when you go back and and read in Kings and some in Chronicles, I think it's just talking about, um, you know, how Israel had adopted all the these behaviors of their pagan nations Mm -hmm. that surrounded them. And so really just the enemy influence and things like that. But anyway, so I was thinking about, I just bought, I was very influenced. This is the downside of being on TikTok. I was very influenced by this um, machine that goes in your kitchen, appliance. That's I couldn't think of the word. Appliance that goes in your kitchen. It's called the Ninja Creamy. The Ninja Creamy. Yeah. And it makes ice cream, but you can make ice cream out of anything. So like for me, I love ice cream, but I never eat it because I'm on a like a perpetual health journey. Um, So you can make it out of like your protein shakes and stuff. So I was like, well, I got to have that. But I've been doing all these different recipes and most sweets, which I can bake more than I can cook Mm -hmm. regular food. And I know like salt gets put in stuff. So I wasn't really following recipe, but I put too much salt in it. And it ruined it. It wasn't even edible. So it started making me like think about that and like how in baking salt is really good, but too much of it is really bad. And so I was just thinking about that and how that is with our compromise and like how our compromise is is never good. And it, like you said, it's not always sin, but it's probably going to lead us to that. And so I don't know, for me, that was just kind of thinking about that. And then I wanted to sit with the Lord and really say, like, where are the areas going back to that verse three, verse 10? Where am I blind? Where am I blinded Mm -hmm. to the compromise in my life? Where um, am I seeking comfort where God's calling me to something else? Or where am I just sinning and not even really recognizing that um, and, and just having too much salt? Yeah. I'm being too salty. <laughs> I love it. So with that, then we're going to ask you to read Amos chapters 1 through 3 and really kind of pay attention to verses uh, 10 and 11. And I'm just going to read those mm-hmm. quickly for you guys. It says, uh, Amos 3.10, But they do not know how to do what is right, declares the Lord. These who hoard up violence and devastation in their citadels, therefore thus says the God, an enemy, even one surrounding the land, will pull down your strength from you and your citadels will be looted. And so even one, even one little thing in our lives that is complacency, that leads to compromise, will lead us into confusion. And before you know it, we will not know what is right. And I think that's where our society is as a whole. But I think this is something individually God wants us to meditate on. So we want to encourage you, read Amos chapters 1 through 3, and prayerfully sit with the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit, show me, Holy Spirit, where are there places in my life 
that I have made compromises that have led me to have complacency that is leading me into confusion and I don't even know what is right. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak that to you. And then we're going to share one of the very best chocolate chip cookie recipes ever with you. And it does use just a little bit of salt. Don't put too much. Because remember, salt can be your enemy, (laughs) not too salty. And um, maybe bake some cookies and sit with a friend and have this conversation with a friend about areas of our life where we have some compromise and complacency that eventually lead to confusion. Yep. All right. Well, I hope you guys savor your chocolate chip cookies and go and savor the goodness of God. See y'all next week. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit CrosstownChurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.